Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. It's always wonderful to speak on the subject of prayer. And I hope you get excited when we talk about prayer. Some people, when they hear that we will talk about prayer, they get a little bit nervous, maybe because they think they are lacking a strong prayer life, or maybe they think, well, that means there's hard work to do. And I know to pray, to really intercede, yes, that can be hard work. When we come up against all these principalities and powers, oh, it's it's hard work when we pray and intercede for those that are lost Maybe your own family members or friends or neighbors, they are lost and you're interceding. It can be a battle for the soul. Maybe you're interceding for someone who is sick at the moment and there is a battle going on for their life. Well, that is hard work. Jesus, when he prayed so intensely to do the will of God, he wanted to do the will of God and the flesh had to be submitted to the will of God. It says he was praying so intensely that his drops of sweat became drops of blood. That's how intense he was praying. That was hard work. And uh, prayer can be hard work, but it's not just hard work. Prayer is also the wonderful uh, resting in the accomplished work of Christ. There is no greater rest or peace to be obtained in this world than we can obtain through prayer when we really come into the throne room, and I don't know about you, but I've had these wonderful moments that, oh, I started with thanksgiving. I was worshiping God with everything that was in me. On the top of my lungs, I could say I was shouting and praising and worshiping him with my whole mind, body, soul, spirit, clapping, lifting up hands, dancing before him. And then I was interceding and laying down all these burdens and problems and and the miseries going on. And then the Lord brought me just after I, I, I just spoke everything I knew what to speak or what to say to him. I just, I just finished that, but I didn't run away. I stayed, and the Lord brought me into a dimension of peace and rest that he had heard my prayer, that he would answer in a miraculous way, in a supernatural way, And that all is accomplished by Christ. Oh, Christ accomplished it all. Christ carried it all. Christ fulfilled it all in his name. Oh, hallelujah. We have that name above every other name. And in that name, we have the victory. In that name, we have deliverance. We have forgiveness. We have healing. Every enemy will bow down and will have to let go. Oh, hallelujah. You receive that peace. You receive that that rest that you just know, oh, it's all in the hands of God. You placed it in that prayer. Through that intercession, you placed it into the hands of the Father, and the Father received it in his hands. And he said, okay, now you can let it go. Now I will take care of it. Now you can rest again. Oh, don't be afraid. Don't be weary anymore. Let my spirit revive you. Let my spirit refresh you. And I hope you have already experienced this. If not, you can experience it today. Bring your burdens to the Lord. He invites you to bring all your burdens to him. He says, cast all your burdens, your problems, your bills, your misery, your sadness. 
cast it all to the Lord and he will take it from you and he will give you rest for your weary souls. But faith, that is an essential part in our prayer life, must be tested. It says in verse Peter, verse 7 from the first chapter, that the genuineness of your faith may be found. Well, that's the short version here, that the genuineness of your faith may be found. Let me just uh, give you the whole verse here. It says that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I think that is a powerful verse here for our study today. Let me also read it out of the Message Bible. I think that's a wonderful translation sometimes to also read. And it says here, I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out proven pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it is your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Oh, I like that translation. It makes it just a little bit more clear here. It says gold, pure gold, is put in the fire and it comes out proved pure. And so genuine faith is put through suffering, is put into a trial, the trial of faith, we say. But when it comes out, it comes out proved genuine. And so the day is coming that it will be on display. What will be on display? Well, not our gold, our treasures of this world, but faith that endured the trial will be put on display to give glory of the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Oh, I like this. I hope you're being strengthened today by this word. Faith, when it's not being tested, it can be a upright faith, but it will remain a small faith. Uh, it will always lack something because faith must be tested. It must go through the storms of life. It must go through some miseries. It must go through some temptations. It must go through some difficulties so that it is proved that it's genuine, that it is real. If there's no real or genuine faith there, then when the temptation comes or when the trial comes, the faith will be cast aside and you will just capitulate. You will just give yourself over to that temptation or, or that sin or, or that difficulty or that mountain or that giant. It, it's not just sin. It can be all kinds of things. We don't come into these trials because we have sinned. These trials are there that our faith may grow and may be proved genuine. And so storms are the classrooms that allows our faith to grow, that allows our faith to be revealed and and to come forward. And so it is important. How can we else find out where we are weak and where God is strong in our life? It's through those trials that we find out, oh, (laughs) I'm weak there, but thank God where I am weak, I have found that God is strong. And so I must rely there in those times, in those moments, in those difficulties, in those trials, 
I must rely not on my own strength because I have seen in the classroom, in the trial, in the storm, I've seen that I have been proven to be weak there in my flesh, to be weak there in my own strength. But I have also seen that the power of God has been great there. So let me not trust upon myself or my own strength or my own ability or my own gifts or talents there. But let me trust in the presence of God, in the faithfulness of God, in the grace of God, in the love of God, in the victory of Jesus, in the accomplished work of Christ there. Oh, hallelujah. When we stand like that, then the devil cannot take us down. Then we will remain standing because we are standing upon the grace and the power and the love of our heavenly Father and the accomplished work of Christ. Now, I'm not telling you, seek out where you can find a trial. Seek out where you can find the next classroom and the next problem. I'm <laughs> I'm amazed how some people, they're always searching for a mountain. They're always searching for a giant. They're always searching for some problem. I don't do that in my life. No, I'm thankful when God gives me a time of peace and rest and I can just strengthen myself in him and rejoice in him and have a little rest in him. Those mountains, they come and stand before us suddenly, unexpectedly. You don't have to do anything for it. They will come before you. Those giants, they appear in your life. They will come to you. You don't have to seek them out. Well, there's a difference if God tells you to go somewhere, but some people out of their own mind and and, and thinking, and because they want to uh, grow in faith or something, they seek out the most greatest difficulty that they can find. But I don't do that. The Lord knows what the right timing is and what the right giant is that will be put before me. And in him, I will have victory. Hallelujah. Always. Well, the examples in the word of God are plenteous. I mean, there are so many examples that we can have in the Bible. Think of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, of course, Noah, Oh, there are so many, Daniel, Esther, Paul, Peter, many in the Old, many in the New Testament. There are so many there. And my friends, if you start reading, you will find those examples there that will help you, that you will be able to endure during the trial, that you will stand firm during the trial of your life, and that during that trial, your faith will not diminish but your faith will grow, as it said with Abraham, that he had to wait. He had to wait, 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 wait. Maybe you think you're waiting long, but think of Abraham. How long was he waiting for that promised child? Years and years, several decades, he had to wait. And while he was waiting, he saw that the ability of his own body to produce life was dying out slowly as he became older, older, and older. But it says, while he was waiting, his faith did not diminish, but his faith was becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. Oh, hallelujah. When we can say, yes, hallelujah, I have that example of Abraham, and I want to follow that example of Abraham. I am waiting for the fulfillment of the word that God has given me, the promise that I have found in his word that became Zoe. It became alive for me. I know that is not just any word, it is a particular word that has been given to me personally, but I know I am waiting upon the Lord. 
and he will fulfill it in his time. Oh, he will do it. Hallelujah. And it's coming nearer and nearer and nearer every day that I'm waiting the fulfillment thereof. Oh, hallelujah. Well, we have the example of Esther. She had to go to the king and she put her own life on the line. This was something Oh, this was something powerful that we don't always understand how she went against every law, every rule, and everyone who was already seeking to kill her and to make way because they wanted to take her place. And and she had to go in against that word of government, that word of, of the king to go to him, to plead for her people. And God had given her a great strategy, but thank God that her faith remained standing And she was able to fulfill the assignment that God had given her. Oh, my dear friend, I'm praying for you right now that you will be able to fulfill the assignment that God has given to you. And even though it might be difficult and there's a great trial, oh, you have fear because you're going in against the word of your parents, against the word of your government or against the word of society around you, that you will hold on, stand fast upon the promises of God, upon his word, and fulfill the assignment that he has given to you. And of course, we have that great example of David. Oh, David is one of those wonderful heroes. And through his Psalms, we can learn so much about faith and how we should live while we are believing in thanksgiving and praise and and strengthening ourselves in the Lord and in the word of our Lord. Oh, and that we move forward not giving up, not giving up. I love Psalm 27, and I would encourage you to read it yourself. It's a powerful word, but it says in the Message Bible translation, it says, light, space, zest, that's God. Oh, I like that translation. It makes it short and powerful. Of course, we are used to the older translation that says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Oh, when I was preparing for this word, I was just singing that old song that came to mind when it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Well, I'm not the singer here, but that song, many of you know that song, and it's just directly out of Psalms 27. And I was just repeating, repeating, repeating that part of the word, because it doesn't say the Lord will give me light and will give me salvation. It says the Lord is my light and is my salvation. Well, that changes everything. But let's continue Psalm 27. I want to read it to you today. It says, So with him on my side, I am fearless, afraid of no one and nothing. When vandal hordes ride down, ready to eat me alive, those bullies and toughs fall flat on their faces. When besieged, I am calm as a baby. When all hell breaks loose, I am collected and cool. I like this translation. It talks about hordes coming against me that want to eat me. When they besiege me or when all hell breaks loose. Well, this is describing some lives of people that are listening right now. But remember what David says. He says, they fall flat on their face. I am as calm as a baby. I'm collected and cool. And why or how is that possible? Because the Lord is his light and is his salvation. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, 
to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. And this talks about prayer life. Some people are waiting for the fulfillment of this word until they die and go up to heaven or until Jesus comes first, whatever comes first. But, but this we can already experience now. We can already live and dwell with the Lord in his house now. And the power of prayer brings us into that presence, into that place. It says that's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world, the perfect getaway far from the buzz of traffic. That's when we pray. That's why when you pray, have that special prayer place and turn off your phone. Put it away. Don't look at that screen with all the popping up of messages and turn off the the television and everything that is around you and come into that rest, that peace, that quietness of the Lord. Oh, you will find out that it will strengthen you for the rest of the day. It says in verse 6, God holds me head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Already I'm singing God's songs. I'm making music to God. I like that. I'm going to sing and raise the roof. (laughs) I hope you're doing the same, even though you are maybe in the midst of your problems and your difficulties. Come on, lift up those hands and start to sing some worship song. Put on the worship tape and praise him with a loud voice, and you will feel that presence of the Lord that will come around you and in you and lift you up. It says, listen, God, I'm calling at the top of my lungs. Be good to me. Answer me. When my heart whispers, seek God, my whole being replied, I am seeking him. Don't hide from me now. Yes, I understand this little moment here in this psalm. I know you had it too, that in the midst of all that praise and worship that you are doing, 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 because you know it's good to do, there's also a fight within you because in your mind or in your heart, there is that cry, there is that longing to see victory because, yeah, there's a battle going on and, and, and you, you need him to answer you. But remember what David teaches us in the Psalms. He always teaches us that at the end of our prayer time to always end in a recollection of what God has done for us in the past to encourage us to believe for the future. And so he says in verse 9, he says, you've always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My father and mother walked out and left me, but God took me in. You see, he's, he's changing that moment of, of that that, that fight in the soul that's coming against him. Oh, don't turn your back to me. But he's putting another word against it. He says, you have always been there for me. You've always kept the door open. You always took me in. It says, point me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs. Those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. Yeah, don't throw me to those. But Lord, you are on my side and show them that you are on my side. And it ends with, I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. 
Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. That was verse 13 and 14. And in the older translation or the Amplified, it says, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. I like both these translations. And so, my dear friends, today, oh, when you pray today, when you pray tonight, pray with Psalms 27 in mind. Oh, pray, yes, with praise and thanksgiving. Oh, put your burdens before the Lord, but end with the confident recollection that the Lord has been with you always. He is hearing your prayer right now. He will answer and bring you out again, and he will bring you into the land of the living once again. Oh, he will do it once again. Hallelujah. So let this trial of faith not come over you as something that is unexpected, something that just puts you all off balance, but believe that while you are going through this trial, and as you are praying, your faith is growing, is maturing, and will make you stronger in the Lord. Where you are weak in yourself, you are strong in Him. Thank the Lord that you have found out there are areas that you are weak yourselves, but that you are strong in the Lord in those areas. You are strong in Him in those places because God is your strength, your light, and your salvation. God bless you today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 